This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Welcome to episode 13 of The M Word. Go and put your women and children to bed, pour a glass of umbungo, grab a curly whirly, and relax. But first, a word from this week's sponsor. It's late in the night. You can't sleep. Your fingers itch for tactile sensation and satisfaction. You can't reach your cards. It's time to reach for the Python. The Python is the number one training tool for sleight of hand on the market today. It's weight and heft, bringing both strength and lightness of touch to the fingers, leaving them supple and strong, ready for the heaviest of moves, or the lightest of flourishes for that all-important finish. As it moves through your hands, focus is brought to your mind. You'll be all set to return to the pasteboards in the morning with renewed vigour. The Python, a training aid, relationship replacement and much love friend. So here we are, episode 13. By the way, if you like this show, please go to Apple Podcast, rate and review, share, support, love, all that jazz. Let us know that you are still there listening and that what we're doing isn't a futile burst of colour. Yes, so that's that. And by the way, once again, because of the heat, because of the current global situation, all things are conspiring to make this particular podcast or this particular issue uh, difficult to do for a number of reasons, but it's happening. And um, once again, I'm boiling hot and by a window, and the world and their dog has decided to go out and mow the lawns, fly planes, sweep scream so um you know if it is loud whatever there's nothing i can do about it i thought i'd just broadcast anyway so what have we been up to well here's a very very cool thing the shift number three is out and by the time that you listen to this and you hear this it will have just literally just come out so i've been working very very hard on that um you know we thought long and hard about bringing something out in this time and we've literally spent the last over two months longer than that 10 weeks or so intentionally not bringing anything out we didn't really want to have anyone right kind of spending money on anything that's why we did the live process and gave as much as we could to people um but we've had so many people asking for it that we thought we would try and do that it's been very very difficult though because our publishers they have also had problems in terms of you know staffing and you know it's been a, a big nightmare trying to get that done but it is finally done. It is finally out, and you can now get it. We, uh, yes. So there's uh, more will be said about that at some point. But yes, the shift number three is out. What else has been going on? Um, oh, uh, I've been running a lot. Uh, people have noticed uh, on my Instagram and uh, the, you know stuff like that. They've they've seen me talking about running the Couch to Five K. Been trying to encourage as many people to do that. But I'm going to tell you a slightly funny story about what happened to me this morning. So this morning I was running and I ran into a tree. And I don't know how I didn't see it. It was basically like a birch uh, tree, like a big branch, a thick branch coming across the path I was running down. And because of the dappled light, the dappled sunlight coming through the leaves, and I had sunglasses on for running because it's really important that I look cool as I run, uh, some reason I didn't see it. So I ran straight into it, cracked myself in the shoulder, right? But... This is when it. This is when it all got weird. So I hit it very hard, and I made this kind of like uh, sound, like a, a sound that I didn't know I could make. You can only make if it's involuntary. It's like a uh, half worries, half like I didn't know what had happened. I thought someone had hit me. I don't know. I thought Corona had got me and just like whacked me in the shoulder. Some uh, 
uh, happened. Now, because of that, and I made this really strange involuntary sound, I startled a horse that was next to me. But I didn't see it. It was in this like little field bit next to me. And this horse kind of went, like, jumped up. Now, that made me jump because I didn't know the horse was there. So I jumped massively and made another noise. I was like, ah! And which made the horse kind of like, you know, stare at me. And then I apologised to the horse. I literally went, sorry. I had still had my the music blaring in my ears. I was like, put my hand up, went, sorry. And then I felt embarrassed that I'd said sorry to the horse. And I felt embarrassed that the horse had seen me run into this tree and had seen me say sorry, but yet I'm a human and I don't speak horse. But I was embarrassed that the horse had seen that. That's stupid. Totally. That happened to me this morning. And I now have a big kind of cut or gash on my shoulder, which I may be showing um, on the live or something that I am going to be doing tonight. Um, I don't know, because it's a war wound. You know, most you normally get from magic is a paper cut. So, you know, any chance to show my manliness i will what else is there um uh oh yeah talking of manliness uh you know um what the fuck up is is you know what's up with all the spiders i i'm i don't like it i don't like it we're entering spider season again i don't know if that's an official season but you know that time of year where you go oh jesus big ass spiders everywhere you know I could just fuck off. No one loves them. No one loves them. I don't want them. I know they say if you take uh, something out of the of the animal chain, food chain, environmental bias, but whatever, there's this like knock on effect, like the butterfly effect. But really, can someone just not like invent like a spider virus and just get rid of them all? Are we really going to suffer that? Would there be that many more flies or something? I don't know. People say, oh, they they don't really ever do anything, and they you know in the UK, granted, we don't have harsh you know spiders that are going to hurt you but i still don't like them anyway the big one this morning um so yes so so far what we, what am i saying uh shift three is out and i run into a tree i startled a horse um and i don't like spiders they can fuck off what else uh i have a mullet and i am genuinely considering not cutting it I mean, I've never... You know the, 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 the base part of your hair as a man, like, uh, you know, behind your ears and down at the bottom? I've never needed a comb for that bit. But now I kind of do. So I'm, I am I think I might just grow it. Fuck it. What do, I, what do I need to have a haircut for? It's my hair. It's coming out of my head. I might just keep growing it and just have some massive Kurt Russell, Tango and Cash, Dolph Lundgren-esque madness. Bing! Oh, popcorn's ready. Um... And just keep it growing. That's what I might do. I don't know. But, yep, that's that. And there's not much I can do about it. Um, what else has been going on? Um, oh, I've been watching uh, The Last Dance on Netflix. Or I say been watching. I've watched it all. Now, some of you may know this, but I was massively into my basketball um, as a teenager. I played every single day. I played before school. I played uh, in, the, in my lunch breaks. I played after school. I ran the school team. I was in other teams. I was obsessed with basketball, and I was convinced that I was going to go and play in the NBA. And I was playing in the time that Jordan... Um, was playing and uh, you know the, the kind of bulls um dynasty rodman pippin that whole thing and i was bang in the middle of that john stockton Carl malone all these different rivalries and you know it was 
was amazing, but you never had access back then to see anything. All you could ever see was just kind of these these things that were put on these uh, programs like NBA Raw, and there was you, I'd buy some VHS tapes to, to see them. But to have this access, and I was watching this thing, I would have absolutely died to see this stuff when I was a kid. But it was amazing, absolutely amazing to watch the kind of tenacity of Michael Jordan and the the, the just the will to win. You know, the obsessive will to win, that insane hyper-competitiveness, um, leading by example and um, being his kind of harshest critic and pushing himself to these different levels and watching how he pulled his team through that process. And there was no option but for him to win. It was just really interesting to, to, to see that. Even if you don't like basketball, you've probably heard of Michael Jordan. I mean, that shows you what a megastar he became. There's not many people that haven't heard of Michael Jordan. Um He's kind of transcended, um, you know, the sport. And I think that even if you don't like basketball or have no particular interest, I think there is a huge amount to learn by watching that. It's called The Last Dance. It's on Netflix. I think it's 10 parts. Um, it might be eight, but I think it's 10 parts. And it's it's genuinely brilliant. I, I loved every second of it. You watch all the kind of politics behind the scenes, large parts of which, you know, you were never, we were never really aware of. Um, back in the day and so yeah that's been um, literally amazing to watch um and just watching the determination on him you know just the sheer will to win the last time i had that i've never had that but the last time i had that level i think i was about eight and i, I remember being at school and standing up in front of the class and telling them that i was going to build a robot and people laughing at me and my teacher miss sampson laughing at me and everyone laughing that, that i said i build a robot and i remember just gritting my teeth and being like just you wait and 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 i i said to everyone you don't know and i i believed it in my heart i was like you have no idea and then i produced these drawings as proof that i was going that i was going to build a robot and i had drawings they they had like uh, one of them was like a picture of the, ter the terminator um, from from Terminator Two, Arnold Schwarzenegger, half flesh on the face and half was all metal, um, and uh, that for me somehow was proof that I was going to build a robot because I could draw it well, you know, from a magazine. Oh, and then I had my other designs that were kind of similar to like Johnny Five, if you remember that, where it had uh, I had uh, these these illustrations that it said things like um, uh, double laser vision and X-ray eyes. Uh, then it would say things like hands for crushing. And supercharged legs. I mean, what does supercharged legs mean? Does it mean they just keep going? Does it mean they're extra strong? I don't know. But in my head, this was proof that I was going to build a robot. That's true. True fact. And I remember, I remember that emotion standing in front of the class and just thinking, you just, you wait. You haven't seen these drawings yet. I remember bringing these drawings out and going, now, now what do you think? And I remember just like my other classmates being like, oh yeah, cool. Well, he's, 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 uh, he's done the drawings. Have you seen that? And yet my, my, my teacher was kind of like, you know, tutting at me. Um, so uh, yeah, why was I saying that? Oh yeah, because that's the last time I can really truly remember being as determined as Michael Jordan and I was eight. Um, but times that by a thousand and not be delusional and that's what that's what you have oh god someone's actually starting to use a lawnmower i apologize if you can hear that if i could throw something at them i would but i can't oh, i wish i had more people if i had people to run around and stop that, that's what i would do right now you'd hear this you'd hear like a click and that would happen there we go that happened maybe that was people assassin's bullet um right so um yes there was that uh, what else has happened oh yes i did a lecture last week the 53rd lecture we, we did the 52 lives with the studio 52 and then we did this bonus episode which was the joker and um we 
basically, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I wrote down uh, the transformation on a piece of paper. I had no plans. And my plan was I'm just going to talk about what I call the transformation, which is basically a card is selected, you know, returned, controlled, and then you double lift or top change and you show what it is. To me, it's one of the greatest tricks of all time. It's just so linear, so simple. Um, I might have to close a window because this is getting ridiculous and I can't hear anything. So let's, bear me one second. I'm going to sing from the other side of the room while I close this window. It does mean that I'm going to heat up tremendously, but hang on, wait, wait. Right, now that should be, oh, that should be much better. There we go. But I am going to heat up, but you won't, you know, you won't be able to tell. So, um, yeah, so I wrote down the transformation on a piece of paper and I stuck it in front of me and then I just talked. And my plan was to talk for yeah, maybe an hour um, and just people would come in and we'd do this bonus lecture where we talk about this single effect from beginning to end, you know, pull apart all the technique and, you know, maybe do an hour. Um, I ended up doing two and a half, nearly three hours, um, and it was great fun. And so that was really good to kind of do that bonus episode for people. People, you know, are really excited about that. And um, we're doing another one. So we're doing, I think it's tonight, actually, yes, uh, is a bonus episode, which will make no sense because at some point in the future you're going to listen to this episode and it's going to make no sense. But wow, whatever, understand podcasts, Ben. So we're doing a 54th one, and this one is going to be, we've asked people to pick subjects, and we're going to pick the subject live, and then I'm going to talk about that. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting, really fun. So lots of stuff going on. Shift 3's out. We'd carry on doing some of these bonus lives and lectures. Huge amount of support and love from you guys. Um, what else is there? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, yes. Um, and also, I would suggest in that process, going and checking out my friend um, Danny Buckler's uh stuff he is um his page is uh, the danny buckler show on instagram um and he's been doing these uh, zen talks guided meditation some really interesting stuff to do with kind of taoist philosophy mindfulness um and yeah it's just really really interesting i, I would definitely recommend going and checking that out um he's the kind of yeah, him and I've been talking about a lot of this stuff for years, but he genuinely has no agenda with what he's doing. He he lives it, breathes it, loves it, and wants to do some of it to help some people. And 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 it really can. I think if you know how to kind of sit down and control aspects of your thought process, calm yourself down, you know, um, then it then it can really really genuinely help. It's not just some you know hippy dippy tree huggy new age bullshit. I mean, you know, understanding process of, of of meditation and Zen and mindfulness and and genuine kind of you know. Taoist stuff across the board is 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 phenomenally phenomenally interesting. Uh, you know, personally, I subscribe to a bit of Wu Wei, and um, you know, we could talk to uh, talk about that um, at some point in the future. Um, but yes, um, what else is there? Oh yeah, and also I tell you what was funny about Danny actually doing that is he has become uh, annoyingly like a guru. So he, well, as he's talking on the podcast, he is kind of talking about, you know, and as we understand you actually, you know, everyone pay attention to the thoughts, the sound, and just, you know, allow them to, to go through, you know, that's what's happening over there. And then what happens, I get on the phone to him and he's doing the same thing on the phone to me. I just say, hey, Danny's it going? He goes, yes, it's all fine. And he started playing this character of a guru on the phone as some kind of parody of the fact that he looks like a guru online. It's unbelievably annoying. So, um, you know, just, uh, Talk to him like he's a guru online. Right? Just annoy him if you can. Uh, he won't. He won't listen to this. But uh, yeah, please do. Please go and uh, somehow find a, find a way to annoy him. It will make make my day. Um, uh, but I tell you what, though, gurus genuinely are important. 
they are. And to some extent, I don't want to get into some kind of nonsense about kind of exploitation, but inspiration, I suppose, finding people that are inspiring. And, um, you know, that is honestly one of the things that myself and Danny, to some extent, have been looking for for the longest time. You know, looking for these um, uh, people. And it, it, it's part of the journey, you know. Um, it, you know, part of the journey is about the hardship and, and the mystery. It's about trying to find that sensei, you know. And I'm always kind of looking for one. Um, I, I, do you know what it is? Deep down, I want someone to send me on a mission, you know, to go up a mountain to find a small blue flower, you know, or punch boards for three weeks. Like, I, I kind of want that in some weird way. Uh, some kind of person to send me on these kind of... And, uh, you know, I end up doing it to myself. I end up kind of, you know, getting into the teachings of someone and then kind of deep diving or going down a rabbit hole of their work. Um, but I was sent on those wild chases when I was younger uh, for information. I had to find the, the guru, find the sensei, the guy with the knowledge. It's not like nowadays where you can just, like, type it into Google and immediately find a resource. Like, you'd have to... You'd hear whisperings, you know... And, and, and you'd hear this whispering of a thing and then there was a half thing published talking about it and you would look at that and you'd have to wonder and project and imagine. I think there's such value in that, you know. You'd, you'd, you'd basically be sitting there thinking, oh, where can I find the thing? And then, you know, someone would say to you, well, <clears throat> you know that the secret is known by Tristan Lafleur." You go, what? Who? Tristan Lafleur. Well, who's he? Well, well uh, he's the man and uh, he'll be in London in December. Oh, really? So then you've got to wait until December and, and he's going to be at some convention and then, then you go and see him and he tells you that it's in a book, right? And so you go and try and track the book down and you go to a magic shop, but that magic shop doesn't have the book. And you go to a month... And this whole process, by the way, takes months, right? And then... I mean, this, by the way, happened to me. I eventually found that it wasn't Tristan Lafleur. Tristan Lafleur. Although I do want to go and have to meet someone called Tristan Lafleur. Um... But I, I, when I, this person I met recommended this thing, and it was in this book, and then I got the book, and but it it it, it wasn't in there, and I thought they were lying, and it turns out that the book was bound, but the several chapters weren't put in there intentionally, and there were like these lost chapters that weren't put in this bound book. So then eventually, years later, I tracked down the lost chapters, um, and you know the very thing that I'd been looking for all that time, I eventually found, but it wasn't great. But but it didn't matter because the journey that I'd been on was epic, and I'd learned this huge amount, and. You know, <clears throat> I think there's something deeply amazing about that. There are positives and negatives to it, but I think that it's almost entirely removed, you know, from from the modern climate. You know, I mean, I genuinely, I went to a monastery once to track someone down, a person. I went to a monastery. Uh, I also went to a, a very strange caravan site once, which was very unnerving. Um, well, once I once I had to ride the back of a dolphin. Yep, in order to gain access to like an underwater cave. And then when I got into the underwater cave, I had to live there, right? Because I couldn't get out. I had to live on kelp for three weeks. Before, about, uh, before it, so I think it was 21 days exactly, the moonlight came in from this particular crack in the top of the cave and it opened up a cluster of silver clams, revealing the very secret that I'd been looking for the entire time. And that secret, ladies and gentlemen, is for another day. But th those types of trips and those types of adventures and journey, uh, journeys, I think, are really, really important. You know, and sometimes the way in which information is presented um, is often just as valuable, more valuable sometimes than the information itself. And it can be inspiring. It can lead and open up so many things. And like I said, in the modern climate, a lot of that magic has disappeared from the acquisition of knowledge, you know, from the journey, uh, from the story. There's, there's often 
there's often something missing i think it's also it's partially why the studio 52 lives uh, we didn't record them uh, because we wanted them to become story we intentionally wanted them to exist in a different way where where faces and characters and personalities and people and community and and journeys and rites of passage played a part in the process you know the lecture that i did last week the 53rd was about basics um and it was about something we all think we know and trying to look at those things in new ways you know this podcast is about stream of consciousness it's me not planning and just saying the stuff that's off the top of my head being vulnerable risking being stupid or silly but it doesn't matter because in that process we might discover something more authentic and like i said my goal i suppose in lots of these uh, things that i'm trying to do um is to put some of the face and the soul back into the journey i think um i and there's something in that that i think um is really inspiring and so when you find people that somehow do that to you that inspire you or things that they do and say help you know it it really does help like there's something that you guys don't know so for example i have um a very famous friend a very famous friend who is also a magician um and uh, sure, I'll say his name. I sure, I wasn't going to. But so it's uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. So um, Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, um, I've known for many years, and Tony, um, um, you know, we'd, we've known each other for so long, very, very, very close. So, you know, I wouldn't suggest calling him Tony, but, you know, I, I do. And, and, and he always leaves me feeling massively inspired, huge, every time I talk to him about magic or about whatever it is, hugely inspired. Do you know what? Why I tell you what we could do. Let me see. I might I might give him a call. He might not be in the let's just try this anyway. Let's try this. This will be fun. I'm gonna try it. Oh gosh. Right, here we go. Uh a little bit of juice. <clears throat> let's see if we can do that and get him on. Right, here goes. There we go, it's ringing. Harbinard. Uh, 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 ben. It's Ben. Hi. Hey, hey, uh, Tony, how, how, how are you doing? I was in a glade, walking along, looking at the trees, trying to find this bastard cat. Right? Uh, what, 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 what cat's that? My cat Malachi, he likes to roam and wander and get into all sorts of mischief. He's a, a character and then he disappears like this and I have to find him before he kills a neighbour's chicken. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you never want that happening. I mean, you know, I, I was I was calling you up just um, on a weird off chat. I mean, I'm actually on a podcast at the moment. I thought I'd just give you a call because you always leave me inspired. Like the amount of times I've talked to you, and you just um, you always have the right thing to say, and uh, you know, you always um, you always leave me feeling. You know, Bernard, some, I was like thinking ben. about yeah. you. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about you and magic tricks and what they mean. I once played a magician in a movie. Magic, see. Yeah. And I had to learn uh, a manoeuvre. I think they call it the coin roll. It's uh, a sleight of hand. You kind of fit this coin over the back of your hand and it dances down your fingers. Yeah. And I sit there studying.
seeing this move and became meditation for me. I'd have to visualize the coin, its motion in space, and it moved. The moment in that particular maneuver where you have to release the coin and let it fall and catch it again, and then repeat four times for each finger. Then you bring it up underneath and carry on. It was that moment, though, that moment of watching the coin when it's completely out of your control, moving over the back of your forefinger. That perfect combination of surrender and technique. Wow. It's just uh, just from a coin roll. I mean, I, I, uh, wow, I, 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 the idea of that balance Another between... Another trick that... I studied in depth was something called run, rabbit, run. Right. Cardboard rabbit kind of runs from one hutch to another. The audience sees it pass. But the uh, magician has to feign consternation at the antics of the rabbit. Right. And then ultimately reveal that the rabbit has vanished completely. Moment always fascinated me, that combination of the sublime and the ridiculous. Right. That this would fool anyone, and then realising that it didn't. Right, right, yeah. Um, that's, that's, again, fascinating. I mean, it, I, I don't really do the, the rabbit stuff. I, I mean, it's an interesting analogy, you know, way of thinking about it, I suppose. Um, I mean... It's like when I watch what, you, Bernard, with your, uh, ben. your little tricks involving playing cards. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, people you know it. Them chosen and found, yep. mm-hmm. and that being essentially it. Yep. Well, there's more to it than that, though. I mean, there's like t- there's psychology and there's all this other stuff going on, like technique and, you know, I always uh, like to say that um, one of the the biggest, most like profound things you can do. Um, I mean, I think may, maybe it's it's one of the things that you taught me. Um, one of the the big, the most profound things you can possibly do is is to wait. You know, but I. I remember ben. the day. Yep. The idea of 52 separate objects defined in space and time. Yep. 52 paintings, if you will, but mm-hmm. pointing to so much more. The numbers, the Jack Green, mm-hmm. the knave, the noose. Yep. And the four suits. The idea of them being in a completely chaotic order, one yep. selected by... Yeah, that's all good. I really wanted... Uh-huh. And then replaced in the deck mm-hmm. and controlled controlled out of the awareness of the spectator and then the perfect combination of timing and movements required to make that spectator believe the card is lost and that when you pull out the wrong card you have genuinely messed it up yep so that moment of control over their psychology mm-hmm. so that they blink out of existence for a moment that moment when you execute the perfect switch decades of practice decades mm-hmm. of study over in a split second, for the sole purpose of making Brian from Swansea go, yes, right. that is my card. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's more than that. And also, like, one of, I really want to say something without, you know, it's the main thing I wanted to say more than anything else. Uh, yeah, it's important to me to try and get it out. But, like, you you know, just try and let me get it out. Because, you know, I keep trying to talk and you keep kind of coming over it a little bit. I don't want to, you know. So, but what I want to say is that the yeah, Ben but, has always fascinated me. The yeah. idea that a man can just speak freely from the depths of his own consciousness without... Any kind of interior critic. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Share I'm... an idea with mm-hmm. another man. Yep. The idea that they can share a space, and in that space, sound arises. Playing with the eardrums, ideas are formed, shared, and ultimately spent. Yeah. 
like change in a corner shop. Like buying a pre-packed curry from a cost cutter. Right, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's that's great. So the thing I really wanted to say, more than anything else, um, just purely because it's it's you know, it's been the yeah, thing that I've been beautiful thing, Bernard, uh, when get into that ben, space of yeah. wanting to express an idea with simplicity and timing. Yeah, sharing is good, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's really I love what can it. I do for you, Bernard. Uh, ben, yep. Yeah. I well, Bernard, I, I'm listening. So, the thing I, I love is that you were talking to me once about the timing that's involved. Um, you know, Bernard, in... listening is the most undervalued oh. of skills when it comes to the study of performance oh. art. Yep, it really is. You know Everyone you're on a podcast. Yep. waiting to come in with their own thing. Yep. Not letting a man finish a sentence or a thought. Yeah. That's why I find what you do so refreshing, the way you... You hang on. Hang on, it's that bastard of a cat. Okay. Where are you? Listening or surrender. Where are you? In the local woods, just out from the house. Is are you are you still allowed there? There wasn't wasn't there a thing that you weren't allowed to go back to those woods? There was a there was a thing, wasn't there? As long as one's practicing social distancing, Bernard, one can go pretty much where one wishes. Then, yep. There's no danger of me getting within two meters of this bastard cat. <laughs> so, yep. all is well. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I want to... Well, I'm glad my advice oh. helped. I'm glad that uh, whatever I said in some small way contributed to your own creative development. No, no, it does. It really because does. It always helps massively. And Bernard, that's what it's all about. Ben, Ben, yep. Being in growth. And it's been a joy hearing your ideas over this conversation. Yep. No, absolutely. I hope uh, uh, your listeners appreciate the calibre of man. Yeah. Well, on the podcast. Yeah, you're on the podcast Who now. Who there is into their brain directly from iTunes or some other reputable source. Yeah. Yep. No, it's always inspiring to hear you talk. I have to catch this cut then, damn it, size. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll share again soon. Yeah. No, we'll definitely, we'll definitely try and do that. Uh, it's always inspiring. Take always. care, Bernard. Ben. Yep. Ben. Okay. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Bye. Bye. Fucking. Oh. Well, um, yeah, I, you know, some, sometimes it's tough um, talking to Tony. Um, but yeah, um, uh, that's good. I think he's obviously distracted, but the cat normally is a lot more uh, accommodating. But uh, that was that was that was interesting, good fun. Uh, hopefully, you got something from that. Um, uh, what else is there? Yeah, things have happened. Spiders, horses, all kinds of jazz. I never know how to end these things. I just look at a time. I'm thinking I've got to keep speaking and then say something. And then if I don't say something, it will stop. Maybe I should stop. Maybe I won't stop. Don't know. There's no advert or jingle that I play right now. So the music starts fading in. Maybe the music is fading in right now. It probably is by the time I've actually put this podcast together. It's fading, fading, fading. And at the end, I should say something like go to Apple Podcast, rate and review. I should say the shift three is out. I should say check out Studio. 52 live oh i should say at checkouts 52 all that jazz what else i don't know hope you've had fun this is number 13 we'll see you for 14 very very soon goodbye
This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic.